Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. <laughs> I was trying to, what is going it on? It is Wednesday. A lot we of are, stuff going on. We're a week into 2023. How about that, right? More, more Christmas lights being shut off this week. Oh, it's, it always, always makes me sad. There was a, there was, always makes me sad. There's a question about that today on the Bickley and Murata Show Twitter account. When yeah. When does the holiday season officially end for you? And, and for When me, the last person shuts off their Christmas lights. Yeah, see, for me, it's when I decide that it ends, and it ends for me the day they play the Rose Bowl, whether it's January 1st, January January 2nd, whatever day that is, because on that day, we take down the tree. On that day, we take down the lights. That's the day where it's done. That's the day where I mm. stop playing the Christmas music. There's, it's, it's, it's done. It's over. It's finished. That's right. Ten more months, we'll have the lights back up. Of course. Of course. Are there still Christmas lights in your hood? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's probably there's there's still up. some on your house. My, mine, are, mine are still up. You're still yeah. lit. Yeah. I have a guy that puts my Christmas lights up. So when he takes them down, then my lights will go off. But you can unplug them without him. I could. I could. I, I did that today. You he, did that? He has yet to come pick them up. I am. Oh, okay. Them. We use the same Christmas lights. Yeah, we do. And, and I'm like, you know what? The Christmas is over. And, and even though yeah. he's going to come by to take down the lights, I unplug them. Always sad, though. I, always get, I like the Christmas lights. I like the Christmas lights, too. I like man, the Christmas lights. When it's over, it's over. Right? When you know, you yeah. know. And it's over. There's a lot of things that have been over in sports in Arizona. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tale for that's another Cardinal day. season has we, been we over did, since. When you were we gone. took the Christmas lights down for the Cardinals in October. <laughs> when you were gone last week, yeah. Kellen was filling in. And we did like a year in review. Man, the year in review for positive sports news in Arizona was really short. Yeah. The year in review for negative <clears throat> sports news in Arizona was really long. Like three segments. <laughs> and then this happened. And then that happened. And then that happened. And then this happened. Jeez. It was a rough year. Let's weigh in with our top story of the day right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. All right, let's weigh in with the latest on the story that continues to dominate the headlines, both in terms of sports and news. And that, of course, is the latest on Damar Hamlin. And it would appear that the news today, while guarded, is still getting better. It's good. The Buffalo Bills, from their verified Twitter account, sent out a tweet a couple of hours ago. Damar remains in the ice. ICU in critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight. He is expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. Then there's this from ESPN reporter Coley Harvey. He was on site and part of the coverage on ESPN with Scott Van Pelt on Monday. According to, he chatted with DeMar's family friend, uh, Jordan, and I, I lost his last name. I had it for a second. I'll get it back. Um, according to Jordan and DeMar's family, the doctors overnight got promising readings that they had been hoping to see by this morning. Jordan Rooney. Thank you, Jordan Rooney. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Jordan couldn't go into specifics. Progress appears to be made. He is still sedated and in critical condition in the ICU. Uh, he also clarified 
clarified on behalf of the family, there may have been some miscommunications in terms of the number of times DeMar Hamlin was resuscitated. There was only one instance, not two. Yeah. That was a miscommunication that came out yesterday. Yeah, when you go through you know cardiac arrest like that, and you know you're, you're trying to get your your heart stops, you you stop delivering oxygen to all your vital organs. And you stop delivering oxygen to your brain and all of your organs. And so that's why CPR is so important to get that blood moving through your body because the blood carries the oxygen. So it's imperative to get that CPR right away. And I think they did CPR on him for about nine minutes is what the reports were. I believe so, yes. About nine minutes. So, you know, now you wait and see um, because, you know, how how deprived with the organs from oxygen. Like, I don't know, and they don't know, and that's why he's sedated, and you'll wait, and you'll let his body heal and recover, and they, uh, there are ways they could test, you know, brain signals and things like that, so we haven't heard anything negative, so we'll continue to pray for him and hope that he's able to pull through this. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly good to hear that better news is starting to come in. One other thing I want to pass along that Jordan Rooney had also said, um, DeMar's father is among those calling for any criticisms of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins to stop. That has been Bart a, Scott. Yeah, that's Bart been, Scott. And, and, and best what, are you, like, what are you doing? Hell, that's the only one I've really seen publicly. And he kind of towed the line, but still, he went to a place that people just shouldn't go. Oh, and, 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 and a football play. T- yeah, it was a football play. It happens. That's that's how people play football. It's how it's played in the NFL. T. Higgins didn't do anything wrong. T. Higgins shouldn't be made to felt like he did anything wrong. And so Demar Hamlin's father, through the family spokesperson, said that that just has to stop. There can't be any criticism of T. Higgins. No, he did I, absolutely I, nothing wrong. You know, I think a lot of people have come down on Bart Scott, too. I mean, we've had him on our show. I've gone back and forth with him over over things over the years. Uh, but, you know, as he was a really good football player. I think he's a terrible announcer. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't understand why you would go to that place because you watch the play. It's a football play. It's a football play. It happens all the time in every single game. And every single game that's played, that happens several times. So to sit there and try to criticize T. Higgins and make him feel like he did something wrong, I thought that was terrible. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm glad to hear DeMar Hamlin's family is coming out and saying something about that. Now, as far as, and again, we'll delicately kind of tread into these waters a little bit. Okay. Understanding that the main story continues to be DeMar Hamlin and his health and his improvement, and hopefully we continue to get good positive updates on that. The NFL did hold a conference call today to start talking about what they're going to do moving forward. And Troy Vincent, the NFL executive, said that everything is being considered. No decision has been made when it comes to Bills Bengals and whether that game will be finished. There will be a decision in the coming days. Uh, Quote, that conversation about what we do with that that game has begun, close quote. There was a suggestion on Twitter that maybe even Patriots' bills this weekend would be in some kind of jeopardy. I know I saw that on Twitter today. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network tweeted out, to be clear, my understanding is there's no discussion of not playing Patriots' bills as scheduled on Sunday. Uh, they also announced a start time for the Ravens and the Bengals. That's going to be in the early window on Sunday. Basically, Basically, we don't know what's going to happen with that Bills Bengals game. We don't need to know right now. No, no, like you said yesterday, you don't need to know right now. You could play these games this week, and and if the chips fall the right way, you might be able to say, okay, you don't have to play that game. Now, certain things would have to happen. I've got things right here. Okay, New England has to win. New England would have to beat the Bills. Right. Kansas City would have to beat Vegas. Okay, then there's no chance for Buffalo getting the number one seed. But then also to really 
truly make that game not necessary. Cincinnati. The Bengals would also have to beat the, the Bengals Ravens. The Bengals have to win. Because the, the Ravens have no shot at winning if that game is just canceled. The, the Ravens can't win the AFC North. Unless Cincinnati loses. Unless Cincinnati either loses right. that game or there is another so, game played between the Bills and the Bengals. So that's why there's no reason... To make a decision here. Play the games on Sunday and announce Sunday night what the decision will be. If New England beats Buffalo, New England has to win this game. Right? They have to win. And if Cincinnati takes care of business against Baltimore, then there is no real meaning for that game, correct? There is no meaning. There would be none. No, I, I mean. So then you don't have to play the game. You wouldn't. You if those three things happen, absolutely nothing. Now, I'd have to look to see then who would be the two seed and who would be the three seed. But both of those teams would be home. None of those teams would get a. I'm talking about between the Bills and the Bengals yeah. now, right? Yeah. Kansas City would be locked into the one. I don't know how seeding would work out between two and three, and all of that would come down to is who are you playing in the first round? Because both of those teams would be home. Both of those teams would have to play in the first. Well, week, it's pretty so. simple because Buffalo's got 12 wins and Cincinnati has 11. So if Cincinnati wins, that's 12 wins. Buffalo doesn't play. Buffalo's at 12 wins. Cincinnati plays Buffalo the next week. It could be for the number two seed. If it, if the first tiebreaker is head, head to head, head, which it is, then if Cincinnati, so if Cincinnati beats Baltimore, the AFC North is so the one thing that would still kind of be up for grabs who's two, is who's, three. who's the two seed and who's the three and, seed, and that one they might just say that's not worth messing that's up the worth, entire playoff schedule to right. see who's going to be the two and who's going to be three for the reasons that I just said a second ago that that you know both of those teams would be home, neither of those teams would get a bye. Yeah, you'd get a slightly favorable matchup if you're the two versus you're the three, but is that really worth altering the schedule for? It's been fascinating to see. Fascinating, again, relative to what's most important here. Some of the suggestions that have been made to kind of to kind of work around this a little bit. I mean, it's kind I'm of crazy. Uh, it really has. And, and some I, of them are just crazy. I know some of them are crazy, it's, but the, the, let's have the AFC Championship game at a neutral site place. Yeah. That was Come one. On. That was That's one. Like, like, don't you know? Like, if you're not going to finish out the rest of the schedule, you know, one team's going to have to have the advantage of having the first round by, but you could have the game at a neutral site if you wanted to, so as not to truly reward them. Another was to play the Bills and the Bengals the first weekend of the playoffs, but then also fill that game with the first round of the NFC playoffs. So you have multiple games that first weekend, but then the the. AFC would be at a disadvantage because they wouldn't get that extra week before yeah. the Super Bowl and the NFC would. So there's a lot of different... No, look, they got to hope that things break the way on the way they do on Sunday. If they don't break that way, then I think that the Bills and the Bengals are going to have to play the next week. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Before I close this one up, I will tell you that today on the conference call, and I specifically took note of this for you, Troy Vincent says, quote, everything is being considered, and he added, the guiding principles that took us into the 2020 season with COVID are there. That includes the value of winning and winning percentage, close quote. I remember COVID, they were prepared that not every game was going to be played. Not every team was going to get to play every uh-huh. game. He brought that up as at least a possibility that they'll explore, that they'll just go to winning percentage, and while that might not be perfect, it's not fair. it might be the best. Of course it's not but fair. It's not fair because the not, Bills are going to get screwed. It's, it's not that. fair, and the Ravens might get screwed too under that scenario. But he acknowledged it's not perfect, but we were prepared to do that during the COVID year, and we might have to be prepared to do
do that now. That's just the way this thing might shake out. We'll see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Phoenix Suns are reeling. Tonight they begin or continue what is a very difficult stretch against maybe the worst possible first opponent. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If you go by where they are in the standings right now today, and I know this could change, over the next two weeks, by positioning in their conferences, the Suns are going to play number four, number seven, number four, number nine, number one. Number 11, number 2, number 2, and number 6 over the next two weeks. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. 4, 7, 4. four. Seven, four. So for, give, give, me, give me again. 4, 4, 7, 4, 9, 1, 11, then 2, 2, 6. That's their next two weeks. 8 in the top 9. Yeah. Eight games against eight, top eight nine Eight games teams. in the top nine. The only one the 11? they play that's 11 is Minnesota. They're, they're the only not top nine team right now that they're going to play over the next two weeks. Now, in some ways, this is a continuation of what's been going on because we've seen tough games against Denver, against Memphis, against Memphis again, you know, we, the Pelicans. It's It's been a tough stretch. But tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers, oh, by the way, Donovan Mitchell just scored 71 points. And oh, by the way, Donovan Mitchell just got drug tested. I know. He scored 71 uh, points. Uh, really, and they said it shouldn't have counted. And they said it should. The they last, said it shouldn't have counted. The fight, the fight, you know, in regulation, that shot should not have counted. That damned last two-minute report uh, came out and said that Donovan Mitchell, on that amazing putback, right, to send yep. the game into overtime, he breached the free-throw line before he was supposed to, and it shouldn't have counted. That's what the last two-minute report said in that game. And then yep. should have been called for a lane violation. Injury to insult, uh, he announced that he got drug tested the next day by the NBA. Is it to say, oh, you got 71? Uh, yeah, something's not right with that. Seventh Let's, uh, player in NBA history to tally more than 70 points in a game in the first since... Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Yes. First since D-Book. Did it in 2017. Without overtime. 2017. Without overtime. Yeah, lose, no overtime. Yeah. Whole game. Listen, Donovan Mitchell's been great for them. And this team is this team's really good. They're really good. They got 24 wins, 14 losses. They had uh, lost three in a row, but then they had back-to-back games against Chicago. They won them both. Close games, but they won them. Uh, but this is a good team. They got, they're different. They're, they're just... They're a different. They don't. They don't do a lot of isolation. They don't jack up threes like everybody else. They're just a different team than than you know what what you see in, you know night in night out. I mean, they got tremendous size on the roster. I mean, Jared Allen's six nine, and uh, Robin Lopez is seven feet tall, and 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 you know Mobley's a big kid, and they just got a lot of size on that roster. So they don't jack. Now they don't. They make their threes, but they don't jack them up. So they're twenty second in the NBA in three pointers taken, but they're 12th in percentage made. So they don't take as many as most teams, but they they actually shoot them at a really high percent. But that, you watch them play. very Suns-like, to be very honest Suns-like. with you, when they yeah. were at their peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're not going to take a lot, but we're going to make the ones we make. So when you watch them tonight, you are. You're going to see a much... They play the game just a little bit differently. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. Donovan Mitchell's been great for them. He's been fantastic. 
again, with the size that they have, you know, Jared Allen's been a, was a great pickup for them a couple of years ago when they made that deal. Karis LeVert got a couple of former Nets there, but yeah, this is a fun team with some good young players. Yeah, seventeen and four at home. They have the most home wins in the NBA at seventeen. Donovan Mitchell, of course, will, will be deprived of a Donovan Mitchell Devin Booker matchup. Those two have always kind of had a quiet, low key rivalry. Yeah, over the last couple of years, those two fan and bases blew by him. Didn't he? I mean, Booker. Two years ago, was you oh, yeah. made the argument that they were similar. Who's better? You know, but you like then book just blew by him. Yes, he did. And I think that Donovan really needed to get out of Utah. He, you know, he needed to get out, and he's flourished with with Cleveland. Like he's done a, he's averaging almost thirty points a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been great after his seventy one point performance. With you when you when you say that, I think you know. For me, not only did I do that, but I did it in an effort where we came back and won, and it's how we won. That's really what for me, you know, was like, man, like this is nuts. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Now for tonight's game, uh, Evan Mobley is questionable. Darius Garland, Gar- Darius Garland, pardon me, is doubtful for tonight's game. There are other guys who are injured as well that may or may not play for Cleveland. But this is really okay. Enough about the Cavs because it is. And by the way, the the names behind those numbers. I gave you the the numbers and the seeds and the playoff spot. It's Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, Golden State, Denver, Minnesota, Memphis, Brooklyn, Indiana. Oh, then they got Memphis after Indiana, too, on the second night of a back-to-back. So starting tonight, Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, Golden State, Denver, Minnesota, Memphis, Brooklyn, Indiana, Memphis. The only team in that group that isn't a playoff team right now is Minnesota. Everybody else is ninth or better. And most of them, like Cleveland's four, Denver's one, Memphis is two, Brooklyn is two. Memphis, uh, go, uh, Minnesota's a mess. Minnesota's a mess. Minnesota, that didn't work. No, no, that, that, <laughs> that didn't work. That might, it, there was even a suggestion, we'll get into this a little trade later. Trade Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, but to trade Carl Anthony Towns and the suggestion that if Victor Wembiyama ends up with the Utah Jazz because they win the lottery from a pick they got from Minnesota, yeah. it might go down as the worst trade in the history of the NBA. That you would give up Rudy Gobert. I mean, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That they they would have gotten Rudy you Gobert. Gave all those first picks. round picks. And you got this elite generational player that the Utah Jazz yeah. got because they made that pick. Well, you weren't thinking you were going to be bad. You were thinking you get Rudy Gobert and you'd have these twin towers. It'd be like Samson Olajuwon. And you guys would just wreck the league with these two big guys. I, I, it's been terrible. I tell you, I am I am right about twenty seven percent of the time on this show. I was dead right about that. I thought that deal was twenty seven percent of the time. You're right all the time. Thank you, <laughs> thank thank you, Anchorman. Twenty seven percent of the You're time. Right all the time. I am one hundred percent. That's right. Um, I was I. I don't often say this. I knew that trade was a bad idea for Minnesota. On to the Suns, yeah, Danny, though. Danny Ainge calls you, hang up the phone. On that one, yeah. Like, like most of the time, Danny Ainge calls, like, yeah, well, no, I'm not doing a deal with that. You. And it's like reset the entire threshold for how superstars are dealt in the NBA. Everybody wants their Rudy Gobert deal now. Right. It makes it impossible to get anything done in this league because everybody right. wants Durant their Rudy Gobert get traded, deal. Right. It's nuts. On to the Suns, uh, yeah. who go into this game today. Okay, we talked about the Cavs and how tough of a stretch this is for Phoenix. Phoenix comes into this game. And they're looking for answers. They're looking for some kind of spark. They're looking for their edge. You want answers? I, I want the truth, and we can't handle it. Um, 
um, because they're walking in here. No Cam Johnson, no Devin Booker. Right now, it doesn't appear as if anyone's walking through the door to help them. It's on them to play harder and to play with a greater spirit because these last couple of weeks, frankly, their spirit has stunk. They don't have any edge. They don't have any competitive fire at all. They're getting blown out in these games, and I'm worried about that again tonight for this team. Yeah, and, and, and that's the point. They're getting blown out in these basketball games. I put this in my notes yesterday when we were, we were doing the show. Like a lot of these losses have been just by they've had two losses by twenty five. They've lost six out of the last seven. Two of those losses by twenty five points. A whole bunch of them are by double digits. Like they're not playing very competitively now. A lot of new faces on the team. Like right now, you're playing without Cam Johnson. You're playing without Jay Crowder. You're playing without Devin Booker. Um, you know, Javel McGee's not here. You brought in a bunch of new guys and Damian Lee and Akoji and La- uh, Jacques, Jacques Landell, and they're okay. Like they're decent players, but they have not been able to overcome the losses of key players this year, like they have in previous years. No, and that's the like Devin Booker in the past. Last year without Devin Booker, I think they were eight and two, including the playoffs, in the regular season, two yeah. and one in the playoffs. And, and, yeah. and this year they're two and eight without him, uh, and, and including the Denver game, in which he only played for the first four minutes. And, and you're well, right, because of Chris Paul slippage, well, he can no longer 100%, carry a team. One hundred percent, Chris Paul slippage, and the fact that Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, for whatever reason, just haven't filled the slack. No, they, they, they haven't filled the void of Devin Booker the way A, they're being paid to and the way B, we kind of expected them to. They just haven't been able to be the guy in his absence and that's, I think, what Both we're guys all played looking for program- tonight. Both guys played in college basketball programs where they weren't the guy. DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges. You go look at the shots that they take. You know, Mikael and D.A., they were not on teams in which they were the featured guy. Give me the ball 20 times and let me score. They weren't. I mean, they were they were good players, and they so to ask them to do something that they that they're not accustomed to that they've never done before it might be it might be too much to ask. Maybe, and yet that was kind of the foundation upon which this current version of the Suns was built. Right? We know Chris Paul's going to get a little older. We expect Mikel to take another step. We expect DeAndre but to you take had another Buck. step. But you, you still had to that be one the glue to hold it together. Yeah, and without them, without him, those was... two guys are getting exposed as good players, but not quite ready to take that leap. The game starts at five o'clock. You'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app and on ESPN 620. Of course, we'll keep you completely updated on that game as we'll overlap by about 45 minutes or so. You can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when we come back. Diamondbacks remained active in free agency today. They made a move. Are they active in negotiating the sale of the franchise? An interesting report that came down today. Gambo's got the answers next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by by Sanderson Ford. I've got my favorite answer to today's Twitter poll question. I'll see if Eric found it in the replies. I saw it. I got a big kick out of it. Oh, man. Eric Ruby is here with our Twitter poll question of the day. No pressure. If you can't find it, I'll be happy to read it. But uh, what do you got for us today? Because we found out today. I haven't got a chance to cover this yet, but you just mentioned in the Sports Center update, um, at least I think you did, that David Blau is going to be the starting quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins is not going no to play Colt this McCoy, week. No DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. They are done for the season. They are done ski for the season. They wow. will not play. Yeah. So that leads to the question about DeAndre Hopkins. Well, he's been ruled out. So what should the Cardinals do with him in the offseason? No more on the field talk. Let's talk moves. Should they move on from him or should they keep him? Move on. My favorite answer Move on. was from our buddies over at Arizona Sports History. Yeah. They tweeted, what does Sean Payton want to do? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a great answer. What yeah. does Sean Payton want to do? 
Not that he's going to get the gig. We have no idea. We don't even know if there's going to be a gig to get. Uh, I think they should move on. You guys want to guess the percentages on this one? Okay. Uh, oh, I do. wow. I wow. Do. I'm going to guess... Yeah, I'm going to play this one conservatively. I'm going to guess that 53% are saying they should move on. 60% say keep them. That's great. You guys actually split the difference. 57% saying move on. Oh, wait, you said 50% say keep them. 60% keep them. Oh, no, you're wrong. Sorry, you're just wrong. Uh, wrong. 50, you're wrong. The prem is wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> no, wrong. 57.8% of fans are saying move on from DeAndre 58% move on. Move on. Get them out of here. All right, good. 42% say keep them. Yeah. Why not? You know, it's like that hand you get in cards when you just you look at the hand, you're like, just, I don't want any of these cards. Hey, speaking of hands, <laughs> just, did, did you get rid of them all? Everybody, did start you see over. Rondale Moore's finger, right? I did. Ugh. Something uglier than the card season. We finally saw it. Now there's the part of the show where Gambo shows you how he pops his right thumb oh, in and out of no. place. Yes. No. Yes. Is that a boxing injury, Gambo? I hit a heavy bag once, and it broke my. It broke something in my thumb, and it never healed. I just hitting a heavy bag, and it, it popped my. My thumb out of whack, and I've always been able to do that with my left thumb. Ugh. People popping their fingers and stuff out—that always messes with me, man. Yeah, if you want, if you want, never healed right. If you want to see something revolting, go to uh, Darren Urban's Twitter page. Um, not that there's revolting content there; there's very good content there. But he does have a picture of Rondell's Moore. Rondell Moore's, I believe it's his right pinky, Ugh. and fingers were not meant to bend in that direction. That Worst photo just... I have is of the guy who came in here for a visit with his foot. Remember the, the player? I actually, I think I showed it to you a couple of years ago. He defensive came, back came here for a visit. He showed you his, oh, foot, his foot. Oh, oh, yes. He came here to visit yeah. like, for, for yeah, was a uh, free agent. He was a free, he was agent, a free agent. Potential free agent who was going to come in and he visited the Cardinals. And his foot was all Yeah, his foot up. was like, don't, yeah. don't. I mean, while we're talking feet, have you guys seen like Shaq's feet? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're all mangled. The boot. There's the boot. We talked about the boot. <laughs> that was good, Mitch. That was good. I like that. All right. Uh, while Gambo searches for, no, I haven't. I know. Don't look for it during a look for it during a break. I'm but sure you're not you'll eating find anything it. right now. No, I'm not. I'm driving a show. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying not to be a distracted driver. Gambo, right. you've got information that we got to hear about. Yeah, okay, okay. We got information. You got to hear about. Okay, they're twofold. Number one, we're talking about the Diamondbacks here for a couple of minutes. Very odd source of information today came from Will Carroll. And I say he's an odd source of information because he's followed a lot around Major League Baseball, but mostly for injury reports. And today, Will Carroll put out a report that, okay, there are lots of potential buyers looking at the Angels to purchase from Artie Moreno. That we knew. We knew they're for sale. But as part of that report, he mentioned that a lot of those buyers believe that if they don't get the Angels... They might be able to get the Arizona Diamondbacks. That perhaps the Diamondbacks right. would be for sale if they lose out on getting the Angels. Yeah, and it's not true. It's total BS. Totally not true. Listen, they, the Diamondbacks are not for sale, and they're not inquiring about scale, uh, sales. There's no discussions going on. There have been multiple inquiries over time, uh, and but nothing like nothing recently. Nobody's. But there have been inquiries, but never have the Diamondbacks met with anybody about selling the team. So there's never been a face-to-face meeting with a single person. There's been a, there's been interest. You know, a sports team, hey, you know, especially owners that are getting old, would you consider selling the team? So I'd say there's been about a dozen inquiries about people over the years that have just wondered if the Diamondbacks were sale, but there's never been a single meeting about those inquiries, and the Diamondbacks are certainly 
not for sale right now. And they're mm. also not ac- actively out there just trying to see what the price of the organization would be. So that report is 100% false. They are not for sale and they are not looking to see if uh, somebody would be interested in buying. Them. Yeah, that was an eyebrow raiser to be sure. I, I saw that and, and I, I, I knew you were going to get an answer on that. So I was just kind of waiting to see what you what you had when you chimed in on that. It, it certainly makes sense that teams would call, right? It certainly may not teams that, that uh, potential owners would call and want to check in on that. But uh, the other bit of news from the Diamondbacks. Yes. This now this is interesting. This and is very interesting. I think people are going to be very fascinated by this. Share. Please share with everybody else. Three weeks ago, Dansby Swanson signed with the Chicago Cubs on a seven-year $177 million deal. People will remember that Dansby Swanson was the top prospect in the Diamondbacks organization, their number one pick, and they traded him for Shelby Miller. It was a disaster of a trade. It backfired. It's one of the worst trades in Arizona sports history. As a matter of fact, Dansby Swanson went on to win a World Series with Atlanta, and he just signed a seven-year, $177 million deal with Chicago. The finalist, it came down to the Chicago Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks were absolutely, absolutely in on Dansby Swanson. They made a substantial offer that was very close to what the Cubs' offer was to bring Dansby Swanson to Arizona. Now, I don't think he ever played a game in Arizona, right? He was a rookie. He never played for the Diamondbacks. So I can't say to bring him back to play for the Diamondbacks, but to bring him to, to the organization that drafted him. Arizona made a substantial offer. Similar, similar offer, like, you know, not, not exactly what Chicago offered, but close to bring Dansby Swanson here. In the end, he chose the Chicago Cubs, and it was a little bit more money than what the, what the, what the Diamondbacks offered, but it does show the D-backs were actively, aggressively, pursuing a top free agent for big money this offseason. Well, that's interesting because I, I kind of contrast that with the Xander Bogarts talk. Now, he signed for a lot more than $177 yes. million. Yes. He signed for two hundred and eighty, but but even that, I didn't really understand the Diamondbacks' interest in Xander Bogarts, to be honest with you, because of Jordan Lawler, top prospect in the system, one of the top prospects in the system, who is also a shortstop, and because it doesn't feel like this offseason is the offseason that goes spending that kind of money on a player. So I'll be honest with you, I'm glad they didn't get him. You want to wait till next year? Absolutely. You want I'm, Ahmed I'm, off the books I'm, I'm, and Bumgarner's salary yep, goes down. I'm glad they didn't get Dansby Swanson. I'm very glad. I want to see what you've got in Jordan Lawler. I want to save that money. I, if you're going to blow it on $150 million on a player, to me, Dansby Swanson is not that player. I don't know who that player is. I know who it's not. It's not Dansby Swanson. I'm very glad they didn't get him. Very Big glad. position shortstop. He's a good, he's a really good shortstop. Good defensively, good offensively. Bumgarner's number goes down to 14 million next year from 23 this year. He'll make 23 million this year and then 14 and 24. So it goes down $9 million. Um, and maybe you could trade him at some point now that he's only got two years left on his deal. Bogarts was very much because it was much higher than Dansby Swanson. For, and they, if, for them to get Bogarts, several things had to happen. One, he had to be willing to play a different position in shortstop. And then two, they had to get off of Bumgarner's salary. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to take Bumgarner's salary. And that, that wasn't going to happen. So they weren't able to get Xander Bogarts. Um, because, again, too many things had to line up. It, it had to be the perfect storm. And, and in the end, he got too much money anyway. But with this, with Dansby Swanson and the interest... There was a feeling that if you have 
Swanson and Lawler, one of them could play third or one of them could play second. You could always get, you could move guys that are that talented around and they could play another position. Yeah, but I guess the one thing I will say that I would have liked about Swanson is that it was just a seven-year deal. So he wouldn't have been 40 years old at the expiration of that deal. Like a lot of these free agents have signed for this yeah, offseason. He's only 28 He's right 28, now. so he would have been 35 at the, he wouldn't have been a complete old man baseball-wise when that, when that, so there might have been the value of that might have been better because he wouldn't have been so old. I just, this to me was never, yeah, I get you. It was I get never you. the offseason to go shopping play like in, that. Play it out another year you know? and see what happens. Yeah, that, that, that to me, how many times have we seen over the history of this organization, they think they're close, they go out and spend a bunch of money only to find out they weren't as close as they thought and they wish they hadn't spent the money. I'm glad they refrained. Did you I'm like glad the, it didn't happen. I, I wasn't on the air with you. Did you like the Dalton Varsho trade? I no. I mean, I understood it. Okay, th- yeah. I understood. We I, have a surplus of outfielders. You have a surplus, surplus of, of catchers. catchers. I understood. Goriel is good too. I understood it because Goriel is good. Goriel's good. Okay, and they needed to get more right-handed, and they did. And it's not like this kid that they got was one of the top catchers in the Blue Jay system or one of the top catchers in Major League Baseball. He's one of the top. Prospects in all of baseball who had a Re- bunch of games last year in the majors. Close, who he had like seventy three plate appearances. Yeah, and he hit so well. He's there. He's close. He hit well. Um, I I like. I understood the deal. I didn't love it because Varsho is such a popular player, and yeah, I just yeah. thought you were going to get more for him than that. I thought you were going to get more than that for any of them that you were going to deal. This so, but I understood in, it. If he turns into an all star catcher. Um, you'll be fine because you still have McCarthy and you've got Carroll and you've got Thomas and you got Lewis and and now Goriel. So they've got they got a lot of outfielders. They're still good in the outfield. I loved Varsho too, but man, they got they got themselves one of the best prospects in all of baseball, a catcher who has some experience. Like he's not a year away or two years away. But he's close. He's one of your catchers this year. He's probably he might be their opening day catcher, depending on how the spring very goes. well could be. Christmas through New Year's Day, the lowest week of the year for blood donations. In January is the highest blood usage month month of the year for patients. So please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January eighth at Vitalant Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at vitalant.org slash save AZ. They gave him a max contract this offseason. Has DeAndre Ayton been a max letdown this season? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Since we're going to talk Suns basketball here, uh, inspired by a story that we saw on Bright Side of the Sun, uh, I do because we have friends over there and because we cite their work quite frequently as kind of an inspiration for some of our conversations. We love those guys. I do want to mention uh, Bright Side of the Sun night is coming soon. Uh, every single year, the Bright Side of the Sun community raises money to send underprivileged kids to their first ever Suns game. How cool is it's that? It's really cool. And, and i tell you what made it even cooler this year with the new owners on on their way in, the Ishbia brothers. Yes. They made a major donation, like $100,000 they donated to Brightside's cause. Um, so they, they were, because of that, they were able to send a ton more underprivileged kids to a game. I think it's the Raptors game coming up in the next couple of weeks. Right now, yep, you, Toronto Raptors, January 30th. I'm looking at it right there now. There you go. Right now, you can How go cool to is that? brightsideofthesun.com. They're doing a triple match right now. So every $15 you donate will not only be matched by the Sun, 
Suns, but will also be matched by SB Nation. So um, it, it's a great cause. Dave King and the crew over there at Brightside, they do this every single year. I always donate uh, a couple of tickets every single year or the money to get a couple of tickets every single year. It's, it's a really worthwhile cause to send underprivileged kids to the Suns game, a chance they would never, ever get to do otherwise. So again, uh, go to brightsideofthesun.com for more information, but know that this is a really good week to do it because the Suns are going to match every donation and SB Nation is going to do- is going to match every single donation that's made. And then, of course, the new owners coming in donating $100,000 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they've changed their goals about how many kids they want to send to this game. It's really, really cool. So please go check it out. That being said, um, the headlines today on Bright Side of the Sun and this this jives, this, this fits with a lot of what we've seen. DeAndre Ayton is shrinking back rather than stepping up in the moment he's needed the most. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the invisible shrinking. What was that? What's, what was that ride the, in Disneyland? The the invisible shrinking. There was a movie called The Incredible Shrinking Woman. The Incredible Shrinking Woman. I thought there was a ride in Ant Man. I mean, you know, Ant Man and the Wasp. They shrink, but uh, yeah. I don't. The ride. I'm not sure. Uh, whatever it was. Yeah, it was. It was. In a, it really. We talked about this that Mikhail hasn't really stepped up and DeAndre hasn't really stepped up. And, you know, they go through all of the numbers. The Suns have lost that 11 out of 15 game. Five of those losses, at least by 19 points. Four of the 11 with teams with losing records. This is all stuff we know, all stuff we've talked about. But it says, listen, injuries tell a big tale. In the 15 games, the team's two best players, Booker and Paul Bailey, played together just five games, 15% of the possible minutes. And not one minute of that span has been played by starting forward Cam Johnson. So they were nine and five earlier this season without Chris Paul when he had the foot injury. Mm -hmm. They were 11 and four when they didn't have Chris Paul and Cam Johnson last year during the regular season. They were two and oh without him in the Western Conference Finals. And it says they even survived without Book. They were eight and three last year during the regular season, two and one in the playoffs. The Suns have had an uncanny ability to overcome the loss of a guy or two on their roster no up question. until this year. Yep. This is the first year, and it, it's where you're just you're not seeing it. They cannot overcome the loss of key guys. I mean, Cam Johnson's been out for a while. It's really hurt them now. Part of that is the guy that would have replaced him, Jay Crowder. He's he's not even on the team, so he's waiting for a trade. So that really hurts. Booker elevated his game to a level to where, you know, he got better and Chris Paul has gotten worse. So Chris is not able to carry the team in Book's absence. Book could, Book could carry the team if me and you were playing on it, okay? <laughs> but Chris doesn't seem to have the ability to, like, he had zero points in the first half the other day. Right. No points. Yeah. The game was over by halftime. It was an absolute blowout. It was embarrassing to watch. He like I know Chris is a great closer. There's nothing to close when you're down by 32 points in the second quarter. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I, I to me, honestly, this conversation about the struggles without Devin Booker, for me, it's more about Chris than it is about DeAndre. Because, because it, as you pointed out, they survived stretches without Booker last year. They thrived during stretches without Booker last year. Eight and three was the record that you mentioned just Eight a second three. ago. Yeah. I, and I get it. Chris Paul's 37. He's in decline. I think the decline has been rather steep so far this year. We're all waiting, watching to see if he kind of pulls out of it, but he just has not been even close to the same Chris Paul. The, the no number in the article that blew me away that, that just and, and if you watch these games you've seen this okay but let's put a number to it Devin Booker's not out there he takes about 21 shots per game together combined Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton 
are taking only about three to four more shots per game in Devin Booker's absence. That's wrong, man. That's just fly. You know, you can make the argument maybe that Mikel Bridges is better. Like, less is more, right? Like, the more shots he takes, the more he kind of gets exposed as being somewhat limited offensively. I might buy that. But this should have been the moment for DeAndre Ayton to say, okay, let's go. Give me the ball. Come on. Let's go. I got it. More shots. More of me. More of me trying to establish myself. everything that he did normally did. 18.4 points. 9.1 rebounds. It's the same stuff. Same stuff. More of me in the post. I want to get to the line more. I want to fill the gap more. I want, and instead, he and Mikel combined are taking up three and a half of those shots that have been vacated by the yeah. injured Devin Booker, that that's that's wrong. That's so wrong. So where that's are the other seventeen shots going? Do you really want them going? Like Landry Shamet had a nice run there, so I understand that. Chris but, Paul's getting a lot of them, and, and but if you if you look at it, who's my best players after Chris Paul and Devin Devin Booker, it should be Mikael and Da. One hundred percent. So they should take a majority of those shots, you know, to kind of help the team out. I mean, Damian Lee's been nice for them at times, but I don't want Torrey Craig shooting the ball or Josh Okoji shooting the ball or Jacques Landau shooting the ball. I mean, I just, yeah, it's the, the, the DA stuff is interesting. I mean, during this stretch, four wins and 11 losses, 18 points, nine rebounds. I mean... You know, same as it ever was. Same right? as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah, it's like... And then there's the comments, too, from DeAndre Ayton. And these are to Dwayne Rankin after the Knicks loss. Uh, quote, I don't even know, man. I don't even know what's going on. For me, I can tell you this. I'm not used to the no fighting us. I'm used to us being down 100 and we're still going to pull out and win the game. Right now, we don't have that. So that's the only thing that's going on throughout these games and why we're losing. Wow. You know, I'm not used to the no fightness. And again, that is one of those things that if you're watching these games and you've been accustomed to the Phoenix Suns for the last two years. They were never out of a game. Never. They were never out of a game. And they, they would never put themselves in a position where they were down 32 halfway through the second quarter. There was never no fight in this team. Even on nights where you could excuse them for not having fight. Second night of a back-to-back after an emotional win the night before, you kind of go, okay, they're not going to have it tonight. They go out and win the game. I mean, that. where did that go? From the Suns. That's been just as concerning in this absence. I you think. talked about the physicality, you know, the, the lack of physicality. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we've always, you know, we'll have James Jones on the program in a little bit. and We'll ask him about, you know, is the team as physical as it needs to be? I think they're lacking some athleticism. I think that they're, you know, they're they're lacking a little bit of athleticism. So I, I think that's hurt them a little bit. That's why I think if they do make a trade, they'd like to get an athletic wing. Yeah. I think that's something that they really would love to have is an athletic wing player that can defend multiple positions and you know long and rangy. You know, I think that's what they would love to get if they do make a trade. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, there are a lot of problems the Phoenix Suns need to address, and another key date is coming up with the trade deadline looming. We'll talk all things Suns with our own. Kelly. Ellen Olson. He'll join us for his weekly visit next. Burns and Gambo.